morning. What's up? Episode 61. Coming at you. Back with Chris. Hey, friends. You are with us. I'm back. Back in the States. Back on the homeland. As they as they, as they call it. Yes. I don't know. Made, it, made it back to the U.S. You did. Thanks for leaving me alone. I could have found somebody to do the podcast with me for a week, but... Sometimes you just got to sit down and have a chit chat. It was weird. <laughs> it was weird. Just me sitting at the same desk, just like talking. Yeah. It's like, oh, is anyone listening? I liked it. I listened to it. Yeah. Thank you. I listened to it in Rwanda. In Rwanda. We saw, I saw the, I saw that we got a new country. Yes. In Rwanda. It, but you missed another country. You could have done another one. And yeah. You messed this up. So it's a stressful situation. <laughs> <laughs> Traveling. Yeah. Uh, going out there. Um, and doing that, this episode 61. We're glad that you guys are with us. Make sure to like, share, subscribe, rate, review, share, all the things. And any other thing you could think of. I don't even know. Delete. I don't know. <laughs> you can do it. You can do whatever you want. Um, hope you guys are having a good fall afternoon, evening, night, day. Whatever. Whatever. It's hot today. Yeah. It's Saturday. I'm not outfitted for it. It's like 85 today, but this Saturday it's like 60 gonna be great it's gonna be awesome i'm excited for that. and for baseball sunday baseball sunday is supposed to be nice it was so hot last week we got three games on sunday that's charlie's stinks. got a double header does he really mm-hmm. one of his makeup games jack has practice tomorrow no jack has game tomorrow practice saturday game sunday yeah so we have three things this week but it won't be too bad there you go it'll be fun and I got a wiffle ball game wedged in between all that. Are you going to so, make it? Yeah. You are? Yeah. It, it works out that the game is in between the other games. So, so I think that my family's going to come to the wiffle ball game. Nice. Because they haven't been able to come yet. It's always been 1 o'clock, and it's always nap time for the boys. Yeah. But ours is what? 3.30, 3.30 to 4.30. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So she's going to miss Jack's baseball game. That's 1 o'clock game for Jack yeah. on Sunday. The boys are asleep unless we can get somebody just to come over and sit at our house and make mm-hmm. sure our... the boys are asleep. I'm like, they're fine. She's like, I can't leave. <laughs> we can get someone to make sure the house doesn't burn down. That's all we need. But she's not going to go for that. Get a robot nanny or something. You're on to something. Hey, just something to sit there and, and tell you when they wake up. It's called Alexa. It's yeah. called, yeah, it's true. called the monitor. Like, uh, and have all that. Um, well, hey, for this episode, um, don't know how long or how short we're going to go, but wanted just to catch up with Chris. He's been gone for a week mm-hmm. um, over in Rwanda, over in Africa. Um, we have some missionaries over there. Um, him and a few people from our church went over there. And just kind of talk about why they went over there, what was mm-hmm. the reason for the trip, what they saw, what kind of things happened, traveling. I got some questions. Um so this isn't your normal Bible talk. It's really just like, hey, we have someone, first time ever to go to Africa. Yeah. Um, it's a long way away. <laughs> <laughs> it's a long ways away. Um, just what is that like? Um, you know, we see people. So like my um, my wife's granddad, granddaddy, he goes to um, India all the time. Mm. Oh, he goes to India all the time. Once a year, twice a year, all the time. Wow. And then when you think about, what 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 does that all entail to get to India yes. and to do that? It's like you do that multiple times. Like 
that's crazy. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't until I was kind of older and kind of talked to people who did that trip go, oh, I wouldn't do that that many times. Yeah. That's kind of hard. Yeah. Um, and so for us to be like, oh, I'd love to go to Africa. I'd love to go to India. I'd love to go to this. It's more than just... Um, you're not teleporting over there. <laughs> and it's not, you just like driving to the beach. Like it's, yeah. it's going to take you some time. Yes. Um, the travel was, was, was pretty tough. I'm, I'm not great at it. Uh, anyway, I'm a big guy. And so planes are very uncomfortable for me. Big guy, tiny plane. Yes. And so There's big planes too. Yeah. Thankfully the yeah. two longest legs of the trip were the biggest planes I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and they, one of them was the Dreamliner. I don't know if you've ever Did heard Did they have of an this. upper deck? It didn't, ha- it wasn't a two story, but it had the first class section that was beds. Yeah. And so these people could like full on go to sleep if they wanted to, but that was a huge plane. But yeah, 20 plus hours both ways in the air. So that's not going to be a great time. So you went from Birmingham mm-hmm. to so, Houston? Yeah, we did a different route there and a different route back. So the way there, we went Birmingham to Houston, Houston to Chicago, which made no sense to nope. me. Chicago to Brussels. Okay. Brussels to Kigali, which is the capital of Rwanda. Coming back, Kigali to Uganda to Brussels to Newark, New Jersey to Houston, to Birmingham. So many stops. So many stops. And you're getting off the plane at each one? No. So I've never experienced this before. Really odd. The flight home, we went from Kigali to Uganda. We stayed on the plane. People got off the plane. And other people got on the plane from to fly from Uganda to Brussels. I've never done that before. Oh, But yeah, every other oh, time. you haven't? No. Every other time, it was, yeah, we had to get off and... Then, of course, you know, going through customs when we got back to Newark was a whole thing. Did y'all use the app? No. They give us a little sheet of paper on the plane. That well, we there's to that, out. too. Yeah. You get to fill out stuff out. But then when you get through, there's that customs. And then, like, when we came back from Honduras, so usually we go through Houston uh, or Atlanta, and they have, like, this app. It's like a passport. It's not a passport app. You have to show your passport as well. Yeah. But it's this, it just does all that stuff for you. And so you can just scan it instead of having to like yeah. go to the computer system and hit all your information in. It's like already done. And then there's the extra layer of COVID on on top of that. So, you know, 20 plus hours of flights and that's mask on, you know. The whole time. The whole time. And like I was asleep on one of the flights and my mask had kind of like come down off my nose a and little bit. I guess. you. They woke me up. They were like, sir, the mask has to cover your nose. I'm like, I was asleep. Jennifer, like, <laughs> leave me alone. Uh, Did you sit with anybody that you knew? Like, because no. there was two other families yeah. and they had kids and spouses. You were the solo rider. So right. you just sit with randos? Yeah. So it lucked out that for probably the majority of the flights, I didn't have anybody directly beside me, which I really prefer. Nice. <laughs> yes. I'm sure everybody does. Uh, but yeah, we all booked our flights separately, so we just kind of ended up all over the planes. And uh, yeah, uh, Rwanda takes COVID really seriously. You know, a lot, yeah, a lot more seriously than it is around here. So it's masks everywhere, indoor, outdoor. 
Uh, if you're riding in a car, even by yourself, you have to wear a mask. Really? Hand washing stations outside of every building, like government mandated. So if you didn't have one, you had to put one in. Uh, and they check temperatures outside of every establishment. So it's really? pretty wild. Yeah. Wow. So I think it'd be cool to go back, not during COVID, and just, you know, because we had to get tested before we went, and all these different countries require you to show, you know, proof of testing, passenger locator form. So if you get contact trace, they can find you. It's wild. Whoa. And as soon as we landed in Rwanda, we got tested at the airport. And then we have to go to what the what's a quarantine hotel. And you have to stay until your negative test result comes in. And then you can really? move about the country. Yeah. So they, it's super serious. So you had to like stay in a hotel like by yourself? Yeah. Could you move around the hotel? Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like... It wasn't crazy like that. It wasn't that. like lockdown. No. And, you know, like the Walters were all in a room together. Willie and his mm-hmm. wife were in a room together. So, it was, I mean, it was pretty much like a, a regular hotel. But, like, we had to, you know, show that we checked in there, you know, and, and all the records, you know, were wow. kind of tied to that. So, so we had to test in and then we had to test out. You had to test out? Yeah. So to, to get on the flights back, we had to get a COVID test while we were there within a 72-hour window. Lots of COVID tests. That's a lot of tests. <laughs> it is the same here, like up the nose, in the brain. <laughs> so funny story about that. We land uh, in Rwanda and we go through the, you know, all getting our bags and all that stuff. And uh, they have a little testing area set up and I sit down and the woman is getting ready to give me the test and I pull my mask down and I'm like, giving her my nose and she says it's for your throat and i thought she's saying it's for your snot and so i continue to try to like Give pre- her present nose. my nostril <laughs> but she was saying it's throat. for your throat so uh, they were doing a throat swab i don't know if i would like that either yeah I, it was better than the nose it was better than the nose yeah. okay i'll take i'll for sure take that um okay so you go there so there's a team of us that went um so we have the missionaries. Yes. We have the Millers. Uh-huh. Um, you might have heard us talk about them uh, multiple times. They've been there. A long time. Man, in Africa, a long time. I think 20 plus years. Really? It's been 20 plus uh, years? They've been in Rwanda, I like think, 10, 11? I think or eight, eight or nine. I think they yeah, moved there I've, 11 I've or 12. Yeah, because I've been at the church eight years, and I think it was right before I got here. Yep. So maybe nine years yeah. or something And they like were that. in Togo before that. Uh-huh. But they've been in Rwanda for around nine, eight or nine years, I think. Yeah. I think that's right. So, so they've been there, missionaries, and we've sponsored them for a long time. A long time. Yeah. They've, they've had a church. relationship with Homewood. Just sponsored them, which, which I love because when they come back, so every few years they'll come back and do a furlough where they'll spend like a summer in the States. Yep. All their kids have gone to college, two of their kids have gone to college here in Nashville, uh-huh. here in Nashville, the States, but over right. in Nashville, I'm at uh, Lipscomb University. Um, Asher is looking at like, he's been everywhere, like London. He, he said he's narrowed it down to two continents. So <laughs> that sounds like Asher, right? Yeah. So, but, but it's been really cool to like have their kids, like be a part of our youth group. Yeah. We do senior Sunday with them and yeah. we kind of have them part cause they're part of our family and, yeah, for sure. and we're part of their family. And, um, it's just, it's just really neat to kind of have that. Um, you know, which they told us is like not many churches have that relationship with their, um, with their missionary families that like their kids belong in the youth ministry or their children's ministry. And yeah. like, they feel like they're a part of the crew there um, with that. So there, so they went to, um, 
Rwanda from Togo. Uh And they were there for years working with, do you know, like... So primarily the disciple-making movement in Rwanda. And I had some great conversations with Matt about that. And, you know, like a lot of times... I don't think I don't think this is like a wrong mindset. I think it's just a mindset. A missionary will show up and they're like, "All right, I'm here to I'm here to save I'm here to save I'm here people. to save Africa," yeah. you know. And and he he said, you know, they kind of entered into their missionary life with the same sort of mindset. But what they found is that God is already in these places, and that God has already raised up people who are doing really good work. And so what he's found is it's super helpful to like try to find those people that are already moving and working and plug in and 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 help and see what he can bring to the table and so i think the the early years in rwanda uh were focused on a couple different partnerships uh atn uh which you probably heard of africa transformation network which is they got a lot of different things going on but but our church we still partner with that yep. too right yep. so we separately just, uh, even from the millers separately yeah. from the millers right yeah um and you know there's disciple making elements of that there's education elements of that there's mm-hmm. farming there's there's uh apprenticeships it's all of transformation yes, absolutely <laughs> Um, and then like Peace House, uh, which is a women's uh-huh. ministry, you know, at-risk women or women that are coming out of, you know, prostitution, different yeah. kind of situations. Um, but doing, you know, discipleship training with them, job training with them, skills training with them to kind of change their situation. So I think that's what they spent a few years doing early years doing. Uh, but at the same time, they were also homeschooling their kids and kind of thinking about and you know i'm not the miller expert uh you know somebody else can probably tell this story better than me but uh as they sort of grew their sort of homeschooling thing and would invite and there's kids. like neighbors wanted yep. to do it and there's and, other and, t- and other missionary families yeah. were yeah and so it kind of grew into a school well that birthed this crazy idea to start an international school and they did <laughs> yeah. Um and it's insane. Virunga Valley Academy, yes. VVA. VVA. You guys can look at it. You guys can go up and research it. Um uh it's really neat it's from beautiful. like Yeah. You know, you know me being here 8 years from them being no school to now it's this massive I mean, not massive, but it's a big school. I mean, for me, like one of the biggest faith builders of my trip to Rwanda was seeing what is there now that was not came there. from nothing. Yeah. It came from faith and from prayer and from trusting that, hey, we feel God leading us to do this. God's going to have to show up and do something big. And it's big and it's comprehensive. And there's so many different aspects to the work that they're doing. It's not just education. The education is awesome, but it's, you know, uh, holistic farming practices yeah. and community outreach and like all this other stuff well, that goes along with it. And they have people that move there to live there to yeah. teach for a few years. I know that we have one of our old students, mm-hmm. Hayes went down there and did that. Yep. Um, and have that. So for, I would say for the school and then I would say for your trip in general and then Rwanda in general, people probably only know Rwanda from mm-hmm. probably the movies. Yeah. Probably, um, you know, like the genocide and everything it's that happened. Horrible dark history. Yes, the horrible dark history <laughs> of that. Um, and then Africa's a big place. Right. And I think 
for me, I know for a long time, it was Africa's Africa. Right. And it's like, well, no, America's not America. You wouldn't yeah. like New York down to Malibu is totally yeah. different. Uh, Montana down to the Gulf is right. There's always different parts yeah. of it. Um, what, what, what would you say would be the biggest aha or the biggest like, Oh wow. I didn't expect this. Mm. Not to say like, Oh, I thought you would be poor or maybe that was it. Like, Oh, I thought it would all look like this and yeah. it wasn't. Or so one about just, just Rwanda in general and two, maybe at the school. Cause in our minds, we know what a school is. Yeah. Right. Everyone, everyone listening is like, oh, here's what my middle school, here's what my elementary school is. Yeah. And then is it very similar? Is it a little bit different? And, and just kind of talk about what those two things kind of hit you with. Yeah. Um, I'll do like a, like a non-spiritual, just yeah, yeah. something that oh, surprised yeah, me. Not, yeah. You know, like I was completely oblivious to the terrain and climate of Rwanda. And so... And thinking about packing, I'm like, shorts, T-shirts, you know, I'm thinking it's going to be hot, you know, basically. You're thinking like the desert, like we're going to Africa, it's going to be hot. <laughs> That's all you think of. And thankfully, I uh, messaged Matt and was like, hey, this is kind of what I'm thinking. I'm on the right track. And he was like, one, no, because it's, you know, basically mid 70s here year round and it's cool in the morning and the evening. So you're going to want to bring a jacket, you know, something to kind of <laughs> help you, you know, stay warm for doing some outside stuff or whatever. But two, culturally, big no-no. If you show up wearing shorts and a t-shirt, you're going to look like an overgrown child. Like grown-ups don't wear shorts and, oh, and t-shirt there. Is that what like, I look like all the time? I'm literally wearing <laughs> shorts and a t-shirt right now. I'm like, I mean, that's a good description, an overgrown child. That's, <laughs> so, might be the name of my own solo podcast. It's called Overgrown Child. It was... Uh, wow, I did not the, think that. The yeah. temperature was awesome. You know, everything is open. So like there's, you all you always keep your doors and windows open. Airflow comes through. Yeah. It's like awesome. Um, but, you know, the landscape there is kind of dominated by these four huge volcanoes. Like you can see them almost everywhere in the country. Um, and the Millers have an awesome view of three of them from their backyard, like, uh, just not at all what I expected. Um, you know, I just kind of thought flat, sort of jungly yeah. and hot. That's what I was thinking. But and that's it, just a lack of information on yeah, my right? part. Yeah, right. Like, that's just what we kind of assume. Um, but then. What about like driving around? Like, yeah, the whoa. city, the town, is it, you know, you know, I had a chance to drive in, uh, in a Honduras once and it was basically a video game. Yes. It was like just. If you hit somebody, it's not even that big of a deal. Like, just get from point A to point B. Yeah. Here, it's like if you touch my car in a parking lot, we're calling, we're calling somebody. The police. Yeah. yeah, and it's like there, it's like ah, you're fine. Um, so I drove all over the country of Rwanda. They have a super awesome Toyota Land Cruiser. It yeah, it's a manual, all time. I saw a picture. Drive, of it. I like, saw a picture. Super of you cool. Yeah. Uh, truck to drive and I was tasked being the one with the most recent stick shift driving experience. No one Uh, else could drive a stick shift? Brett says he can drive one but it's been a very long time since he had so and Willie was like no. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah your description of it being like a video game was pretty spot on. Is it the same thing? It's like hey just Uh, get there. Traffic laws are pretty loose. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know they they kind of had a different way of doing their signals, um, which was interesting. But the motorcycles are, are everywhere. 
what was insane. I mean, hundreds of motorcycles are around you all the time. They absolutely do not obey any traffic laws. <laughs> they're they're going up beside you. They'll go on the sidewalk. They're they'll cut right in front of you. And when you stop, when you come up to a stop sign or a stoplight, forty will just swarm and fill every possible little gap. It's insane. And yeah, it was kind of the same thing. Matt was like, yeah, they they kind of get hit, you know, yeah. pretty frequently, and most of the time they just kind of. <laughs> bounce up and keep going <laughs> so, holy moly so and but super cool we did like a self-guided safari in uh one of the big national parks there's called akagira national park and so i'm driving this awesome land cruiser on a safari and on safari you know that was really like a video game i mean yeah. it was like so much fun all right, so you go over there. Do you see McDonald's? Do you see Pizza Hut? Do you see KFC? They had a KFC. Okay. It was big news because it was like, and according to Matt, you know, it's been a little slower to westernize okay. as far as the food goes. So, like, my cab driver from the airport was going, he was super excited about KFC. He was like, you know KFC? I was like, yeah, <laughs> I know KFC. He's like, they have good chicken. I was like, yes, they do. That's awesome. So, KFC, and then, like, total ripoff. Like, there was... There was a Burger King. It's not Burger King. It's just called Burger King. Oh, really? Yeah, it's not affiliated with the national chain at all. They just know the name and say, hey, we'll do it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I remember going to Honduras for the first time, and you get off the plane, and they're like, hey, it's in the middle of the city. It's very tight. Like, hey, we're going to go walk to go get food. We're no. going to come back because we're waiting for a few other planes to arrive. I was like, all right, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Let's get some food. And they go, there's Taco Bell, there's Pizza Hut, <laughs> there's KFC, there's Dunkin' Donuts. And I was like... I can get all that. Say, so, well, no, like, give me something else. And they're yeah. like, no, nah, just go eat that. We'll give you more food later. It's better. Yeah. So uh, the food. So I didn't know like how westernized that it was. Not very. Okay. Um, you know, uh, what I thought was really interesting is tons of places serve food that wouldn't serve food here. Like coffee shops would have like full menus, full menus. And it's like totally normal to just, you know, yeah sit down for coffee and, you know, get lunch. But, um, food was awesome. Um, I'm a pretty adventurous eater. Um, so I didn't have a single bad meal there, you know, lots of interest. I mean, the, their fruit and produce is incredible. Uh, it's one of the most fertile places in that part of Africa. So super healthy crops and, uh, varieties of things that we don't get to see. The fruit tastes like it's, just amplified you know like it kind of tastes the same but it just tastes so much better so the food was great all right all right i know everyone here is wondering did it mess you up any no you want to know what messed me up what panda express in the airport on the way home <laughs> well of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course on the way home of yeah. course panda express so did. i think i think a couple people well, like your the- body is used to this yeah seven day ish clean like living and yeah. then you get to somewhere and you're like you're exactly right panda express and it's like hey what are you doing when i think some 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 of us on the trip i i, I didn't really experience it but kind of got landmined on the last night of the trip because they i don't know if it's cultural or what but like no dessert we every yeah. the whole week they just don't do dessert there. Yeah, um, they'll serve fruit with the meal, which I sort of ate like dessert. dessert yeah, sweet. Um, but no dessert. We stay at a lodge inside the national park, and it's like top notch. 
and it was a big buffet, and they had a dessert table. And so I think Everyone all of did that. all of us had two or three desserts, and I think that that sudden infusion of sugar and processed stuff uh, wrecked a few people. It didn't bother me too bad, but yeah, Panda Express on the way home was like, oh, no, no, son, you're not ready for this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, ooh. That's always my biggest fear, going to like Honduras. Yeah. Same. And also the, their toilets, they talk about how like their piping is like mm. uh, uh, like one inch max. And they're like, <laughs> we don't have it. So they're like, you can't flush anything on the toilet. It always clogs up. And every time I go, I'm like, I'm going to ruin everything. <laughs> and there's only like three toilets that I've I'm ever gonna seen. I'm going to ruin everything. Yeah, I'm going to ruin everything. I'm going to break the country. Yeah. This is what it is. Um, all right. So it's about the school. Yeah. So the school, you said it's awesome. It's big. We've seen pictures. Again, you can go online. Um, in our show notes, we will tag a website. You can to, check out some pictures. Uh, of Ringo Valley. And you guys can see what's up with that. Um, if you want to sponsor a child from there, you yeah. can do that as well. You can sponsor them, um, you know, the school and everything like that. So uh, in our show notes, just go down and look, and we'll do a little link there to Ringo Valley Academy. Um, for the Millers. But yeah, so just talk about the school. Yeah, so the school is physically incredible. Um, the The way that they've designed it and the intention and the detail uh, all over the place is really, really impressive. But more impressive than that is their approach to uh, just sort of a, a comprehensive care okay for the students for the teachers for the staff that works there and sort of what i mean by that is like you know you go and you start an international school you kind of got your hands full and getting <laughs> it going getting the curriculum yeah. set getting teachers um that if you didn't think you know so holistically about you know discipleship and and uh, you know spiritual practices, different things like that, it would be understandable. But like the kingdom of God is so deeply baked into every aspect of what they're doing at VVA that it's un it's un you can't miss it. Yeah. And that's super cool. So like when they they they've got this huge, beautiful garden where they're teaching kids about sustainable farming practices and trying to sort of uh, change the mindset. I don't, uh, if I remember right, it's not a highly sought after career in Rwanda to be a farmer, but like obviously that's an important job, and so they're trying to like help with the mindset there. But they got this beautiful garden growing all sorts of stuff. But they like planted shalom statements in the garden to like talk about reconciling people back to the earth and to one another so it's just like everything is thought out intentional and is pushing towards creating disciples of jesus who create more disciples that's the whole point you know but they're also getting a world-class education uh, you know, it's just, it's super impressive. How many students are there? I think roughly? it's just shy of 150. Okay. Um, which I was talking to Asher, one of their kids about it. And I think that's pretty close to where they want to max out. Um, because they want to keep the class sizes small to keep it really hands-on to keep it really personal. Um, and so I think that they've set some sort of internal like, limit hey, that's on about where we per be. class. This is how many kids we want to do. So the, and it's, it's, a primary school, so what we we would call elementary school here, uh, a middle school, and then a high school. So it's it's all the way wow. up. But then they also have a daycare program, or not a daycare, preschool. 
that's different preschool, right? yeah, yeah. um and the preschool was adorable and those kids were hilarious <laughs> um but yeah man i mean it's you know from kids two three years old all the way up to, to 18, high school yeah 17 is and just the i mean it's a machine you know to have that many moving parts and to do it well is impressive and it's a testament to the you know the faith that they have and god and that he's doing something is pretty cool yeah, well, what I love about their story, and what I love about a lot of missionaries, to wherever they go, I think they all kind of have the idea of like, we're going to save this country, we're yeah. going to save this city. And you're right, there's already God, you know, working. But what they have done a very good job of is, no, we, we want to not become outsiders. Right. We want to be locals here, where people know Matt and Andrew Miller is not like. Oh well, they're the missionaries. Well, yeah. now they've been there yeah. for so long, where it's like, no, you're part, You're a part of this community, <laughs> yeah. and they get to trust. Yeah. Um, I know I had some friends that went to Hawaii to go be missionaries, yeah. and was not receptive at like they did not want to hear from them mm. until they had a kid there. Yeah, and they had other jobs. They were working at the airport, working other things. Yeah. They had they had jobs in the city, but until they had a kid there, the people around them said, "Oh, now you're one of us." Yeah. Now your kid's one of us, you're one of us. And it was kind of like, now we will listen to you and, yeah. and like trust you. Um, and I think the Millers have done a really good job of getting trust from that community and That's been with a, the school and everything. A, a long, long, you know, intentional process on their part. And you, you, you yeah. nailed it on the head. It's like, they don't want to be. This white savior coming yeah, in and Yeah, it's this. like, and you know, Matt, Matt, you know, they're, they are either in the process of or um are about to be in the process of you know getting rwandan citizenship he's like you know this is this is where we're supposed to be you know nice. we're, we're committed to these people so pretty special well cool well um when y'all went out there just to bless the millers and see what's going on and just kind of report back because you know we give money and we yep. have a lot of support out there um just being like hey things are great. Not that we have to be a watchdog over them, but just like, we want to just, they like to have yeah. visitors come in. Yeah. They seem to enjoy it. I mean, you know, yeah. I was, I, I asked him at one point, I was like, do you like this? Or are we putting an unnecessary burden on you? Yeah. Cause you already got a ton of stuff going on. <laughs> he was like, this is one of our favorite things to do. We love to host people because they can come back and they can tell the story of what's going on there. Yeah. It is not the same no. as as seeing it, and um, two of the big big takeaways that that I brought back from the trip is, you know, I think I don't know if our church views it this way or not, but I you know just thinking about mission work and all that, I think a lot of times the idea is that American church sends resources, sends people to go and do stuff. And that's sort of the one-sidedness of the relationship. But seeing what I saw there and having so much time with the Miller family and being able to just, you know, kind of have some deep conversations, it's like, in what ways can we take what they're seeing and what they're experiencing and what they're learning and learn from them? So let's yeah. flip this around too. Like, yeah, we're, we love supporting you, but like, if we want to build, if we want to make disciples at this church, like who better to ask than people who've been doing it for 20 plus years. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like it doesn't matter where you are. So trying to find more ways to share what they're doing, let us learn from what they're doing. I think will be a really positive thing um, for our church here. And then the other thing is just like, man, 
I should never forget how big God is. <laughs> and, and, and the two things that really stuck out to me, one was just like VVA exists because God is awesome. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like no, no willpower or whatever from the Millers could have brought this thing up out of the ground. It's like God challenged them to do something and they believed in, in that vision and God was the one that did it. But then the other thing is just like seeing the disciple making movement and the home churches. It's like, man, God is here and mm-hmm. God is in Birmingham and yeah. God is so big. And it's like, sometimes you just have to get away from your context to be reminded that, you know, I can get really ra- We talked about this a lot on the podcast. Yeah. It's so easy to get wrapped up in my little world, but like, man, we're, we're a part of something huge and beautiful and all we have to do is say yes and and jump in and God will do something special. So those are my those are my big takeaways from my trip. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, we um I know this is a little different episode from us, but we just wanted to chat with you and nod your back, welcome you back home and just hear from your experience and there's no way that you could talk about a whole week trip yeah. <laughs> in this past forty five or thirty minutes, whatever it is. Um but just wanted to hear from you about that. And, hey, we're going to send a link to VVA. You guys can check them out, say what's up to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, hey, get involved. If you're at a church and your church has missionaries, I promise you, <laughs> if you were to contact that missionary family, I'm not saying that you have to go over there. Yeah. Say, hey, can we Zoom and yeah. just talk? Hey, can we just talk on the phone and just figure out like, I want to learn more about what you're doing there and what kind of stories. And if you want to see God at work in big different ways, uh, again, get out of your little box of wherever Mm. you live and talk to some missionaries. um, And they could tell you some miraculous stories, um, a ton of faith stories of one, just to be a missionary and say, I'm going to leave everything I know and go to another country. Yeah. That's um, a leap all by itself. Right. Yeah. And then for them to have all their kids there, yeah. like, and then raise their kids there and have all that. It's like, no, it's, it's, it's bigger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you may have never thought to go reach out to your missionary families. Um, reach out to them if your church has any, just to talk with them, pick yeah. their brain. You got some silly questions. Let your kids ask some questions. Yeah. What do you eat? Do you guys play sports? Do you guys, what do you like to do? They would love to tell you about the country that they live in and the people that they get to live with and serve with. For sure. I'm going to have that there. So, well, Hey, hope you guys have a good uh, Thursday or whatever day. Listen to this um, again, review, rate, subscribe, share, poke, like thumbs. I don't know. All thumbs that. up. All those yeah. things have that. Thanks for Um, letting me share. Yeah, it was awesome. And we'll guys, we will catch y'all next week. See ya. Bye.